Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Geek Town Behind the Scenes podcast. I'm your host Dave Elliott and on this episode I'm chatting with Stefan Felizic, supervising sound editor on a host of shows from The Shrink Next Door and Our Flag Means Death to The Affair and L Word Generation Q. However, the series we are mainly talking to him about today is the critically acclaimed and multi-award winning FX series, What We Do in the Shadows. From the minds of Jermaine Clement and Taika Wahiti, What We Do in the Shadows is a mockumentary comedy horror which takes a look into the daily lives, or rather nightly lives, of four vampires who have lived together for a hundred years on Staten Island. Stefan, along with the rest of the sound team, have been nominated for the Outstanding Sound Editing in a Comedy or Drama Emmy this year for the Season 3 episode, The Escape. The show has also been nominated for Outstanding Comedy, Outstanding Writing, Costumes, Sound Mixing and Stunts. So it's got a stack of nominations this year. On a side note, the series has previously aired on the BBC in the UK. However, now that their deal with FX has ended, it's possible the fourth season may move straight to Disney+, Plus, who currently have the first two seasons. At the moment, we just don't know. The fourth season is currently airing on FX in the USA. If you'd like to hear more behind-the-scenes interviews, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Geek Town Radio. This will also give you our weekly Geek Town Radio podcast, which brings you all the latest TV, film and gaming news. You can also go to the website at geektown.co.uk for daily news stories and all the latest UK and US TV premiere dates. But for now, please enjoy our interview with supervising sound editor on What We Do in the Shadows, Stefan Falizic. Before we talk a little bit more about the show itself, how about a bit of background about you? First of all, do you want to just explain what your job is on the show? Because you're down as sound supervisor for what we do in the shadows. or That's right. Supervising sound editor for a lot of your sort of previous jobs. Are those basically the same thing with two different titles? Oh, you know, yeah, there's different, there's, uh, you know, some supervising sound editor or sound supervisor. It's it's just the same thing. I, I'm sure you know that every sound pretty much on a TV show is artificial. Yes. There's very little that is from production. And the, the classic example I use is when you see people in a restaurant and there you see people, the, the main actors talking in a restaurant, and then there's they're in the, in the restaurant there's a group of people everywhere if you listen to the dailies they're just moving their mouth they're not making any sound at all because yeah. all you want to hear is the people in the front 
and the microphones are always aiming at their mouth so you don't hear their feet you, you know so everything is 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 recreated mm -hmm. so it takes a lot of people to recreate everything and there's a lot of choices to be made and everything kind of goes through me so I, I there's a spotting session with the the picture editor usually and you know the music people and then they talk about what they want and specifically there's there's different things they want to hear or there's a certain aesthetic that they want or there was one episode where he was driving a car that arrived and it was like i think a hybrid steam and gasoline car so you know <laughs> you got to come up with something they tell you okay we want it you know it's got to be like that kind of and and you get an idea so i take all these notes and then i pass them on to to everybody so there's the people who do the foley mm -hmm. there's this our sound effects editor uh, dave barbie he's the guy who just like comes up with all the cool sounds yeah and then the dialogue editor and then i also edit the adr so a lot of times the script gets changed a little bit then we want to add a line here and there and so i get you know a list all the, the adr that needs to be done and then i go through the, the episode and I have my own notes. And if something can't be rescued from production, then I spot it for ADR and then put out the cue sheets. And then uh, there's a scheduling person that schedules the ADR sessions. We record everybody. I put it all together and then I get all the sessions from the sound effects editor, the Foley editor, the dialogue editor, and I listen to everything and uh, make sure that we follow what it, it's basically we want to follow what we want to add our creative input, but it's always what matters the most is what the client wants, you know? Yeah. And I always, you know, compare to, you know, like a while ago, I remodeled my house and uh, we had to hire an architect and then we were like, OK, you know, what style, what style do you like? And he wouldn't answer. He says, you know, I don't you know, my style is not important is what you want. Mm -hmm. And I feel kind of like that, you know. I mean, there's certain things I like, and but whatever the client wants, I try to translate as much as I can. Uh, and then, you know, once once I go through everything, I listen to all the material, then we go to the dub stage and the mixers, you know, it's the first time they see the episode also. Mm -hmm. So I'm there to also pass on, okay, you know, the, the producers mentioned that this should sound like this. We want to hear this more than that. And, uh, you know, what's important here is this. And then, you know, pass on all these instructions. So hopefully when when they listen to it, what they want, their, their vision is realized and yeah. as close as they can imagine, you know, so that's kind of the idea. Yeah. And how did you get into this in the first place? Because it's it's kind of a random area to find yourself in because you sort of, you know, composers start off as musicians, maybe, and they sort of come in. How did you get into the, the um, sound editing side? You know, a lot of failed musicians <laughs> in the in the editing community. I, I yeah. was in a, I always liked music. I was in a band when I was young and I always liked sound. And um, at the time I was living in France and uh, my mother was in the US and it was not easy to find a job back then. So I figured, well, let's uh, do it the American way. You know, you start from the bottom and you move your way to the top. And back then it was possible to do that. And a friend of my brother had a friend who was in uh, a video duplicating house and uh, they happened to have a sound department. And back then they were doing um, laser discs. Right. So you start with the film. The actual soundtrack is, is recorded on film mm -hmm. and you have these mag machines and you have to all these movies had to be processed, cleaned up to the best that we could. And then you remake a master and then that goes to the duplicating facility. So th mm -hmm. that was great for me because for work, you go see all these classic American movies for like, you know, <laughs> day in and day out. And, uh, you know, then I moved from there to be closer to the create, you know, because that's after the fact when you're when you're doing that. Yeah. And, and it was kind of exciting, especially when you live in Los Angeles 
Angeles to, you know, trying to get closer to when things are created. So again, if opportunity was, I, I was asking somebody, so, you know, what kind of, uh, you know, there's so many jobs, what, what should I look for? Because a lot of people want to be sound effects editors or music editors. And this one guy said, if you want to be busy, be a dialogue editor. Because <laughs> they're hard to find. It's not a very popular job, but it's very important. And every show needs a dialogue editor and you'll never be out of work. And yeah. so, so that's, I did that for many years and it's a very behind the scene, but at the same time, you're really there with like the meat of it because you're listening to shows with nothing but dialogue. Right. And dialogue is the most important thing. Yeah. So if you can make it play, you're there, you know, you hear all these stories about these Hollywood people. Yeah. I just want to hear the dialogue and maybe a little music and sound effects, but I think there's, there's some truth to that. <laughs> and then it's storytelling wise, if you can watch a, a movie or a TV show with only the dialogue and be taken by the story, you know, it's good. Yeah. So for me, that was a great learning experience. And then, you know, I got into, um, you know, someone is not showing up and they need someone to supervise ADR. And since I know dialogue mm -hmm. and ADR editing, they go, well, Stefan, you know, uh, the supervisor is not here. Do you want to cover? Sure. And and I know what it's supposed to sound like from experience. So it, in a way, it came naturally to me. But at the same time, there was a lot of years of, of work behind it. Yeah. Being a sound supervisor, like I said, there's, there's a lot of it is, you know, leading a team, doing what the client wants. But the part I really like is uh, the ADR process. You mm -hmm. know, when you get somebody, an actor that you've never met and you got like, you know, a minute to try to connect and figure out how am I going to ask them to do what needs to be done? Because a lot of times for actors, not of all of them, but, you know, doing ADR is like going to the dentist, you know, they, they, <laughs> yeah. they don't want to be there. Yeah. And, you know, you're not going to tell someone that has clout and celebrity, not all of them are very amenable to <laughs> being directed by a complete yeah. unknown guy on, you know, on Source Connect. Mm -hmm. So there's a human aspect of it and also a technical aspect, because when you're doing a line of ADR that has to replace something, the performance has to match, the voice tone has to match, the sync has to match, mm -hmm. and you have very little time to just trying to get into a place where everybody collaborates, everybody's involved and happy to do it, and you're moving along at a certain pace so we don't get stuck in doing 20 takes at the beginning on Hello, How Are You? because people get bored yeah. very quickly. Yeah. So that that is an aspect I like. And then, you know, before Zoom, when you were connecting on Source Connect, all you could do is hear people. There was no picture on the Zoom uh, link. Of course. Yeah. So, you know, I worked with a lot of actors uh, from the UK when I was on, uh, on a show called The Affair. Yes. A lot of people, yeah, were from the UK. And so when I was on Source Connect. I wasn't able to be there in the studio with them. And, and so for a sound person, just talking to someone and listening to their voice and not seeing them, I always liked the experience, you know, because <laughs> you're, you're listening very closely to what, what they're saying, how they're saying and trying to detect in their delivery if it matches what, what needs to be done. Because not everybody is aware of, obviously, the way they they speak or you know it's hard to get back into a performance sometimes so yeah. I, I like that aspect of it yeah so that's one part of the job you know a lot of it is tracking things because people have ideas that come up it's a long process and then you get an email of oh we want this and you got to remember it you got to execute and uh, there's a lot of loose ends that need to be put together at the end so a lot of it is uh, record keeping which is not like the most glamorous part of it obviously but uh, <laughs> it's kind of a, you know you got to be a well-rounded person 
And then, you know, the, the thing that's also interesting is when you're on the dub stage, after we mix the show, we play it back for the producers and they might ask for completely new things because, you know, you play back the final sound and it sometimes it gives ideas for people. Oh, maybe we should try this. So yeah. you got to think on your feet and be, you know, have access to the sound library. I, I try to remember as much as possible all the ADR that has been done in case I can use some of it and uh you know oh we would like to try this oh sure you know i mean especially now with digital and the schedules people don't like to wait too long so you got to think fast on your feet and that's also a good fun part of the process yeah it's not something that when you're six year old say oh i want to be a sound supervisor you know maybe a fireman or or airplane pilot but that's not (laughs) this one is a little more obscure but uh yeah but yeah yeah no it, it works yeah absolutely what we do in the shadows is the big show which you've been working on most recently um, yeah you've been on that from the beginning yeah i picked it up right after the pilot right okay it's a very popular wonderfully fun show to deal with and also very off the wall oh yeah how is it sort of finding sounds for a show like that because you're gonna have a lot of sounds which are not your sort of typical run-of-the-mill thing that you would usually find on a standard network procedural or something so yeah well you know a lot of it because i gotta give credit where credit is due david barbie comes up with a lot of fantastic things you know (laughs) Uh, so but you know you end up living in a world where you're constantly listening for things and now i have a little microphone that i could connect to my iphone and anytime you hear something you you know what let's record that you know yeah i don't know if you've seen the the episodes i think that was last season maybe there was a scene where um they're in this gigantic room and they have this huge throne right uh, and the throne has these claws these massive claws and then they start dragging them and it's supposed to be a sound that just like hurts everybody's ear. Right. So I got in the back of your mind, you're, you're just thinking about it. it's like an unconscious thing. And then we're having lunch with uh, and I was working on another show with, uh, and we're having lunch with the mixers and, and we're around this marble table and he has like a metal Tupperware box. <laughs> And then he just kind of pushed it and like, what, what do that again? (laughs) And then, but you know, the funny thing is when he did it, I thought, man, this is a really cool sound, but I hadn't made the connection that I'm, I was going to need that for this episode, but I somehow my unconscious said, you know what, this is good. And then, so we started performing, you know, so he dragged it in different ways and all that. And then I had the I recorded the scene with my iPhone and man, that was like some horrible screech. (laughs) And then I kept it. And then, you know, I went, oh, that's what I needed for. And it worked out great because that hurt everybody's ear. So you're kind of, you got to be, I guess it's a world you live in. You hear things, you record them and, and you use things. And sometimes you can even use like vocal sounds. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with these. They have these creatures, the wraiths. Right, you know, yes. they, they, they kind of float, float around and they, they whisper. They have There's a sound effect part of it, but there's a lot of whispering. And, you know, that was the thing also. There's actually, on it's on this show, they're, they're whispering, but they're whispering so loud that it hurts the ears. And I was thinking, how am I going to do people who whisper and actually hurt your ears? That, mm-hmm. that was So what we do is, you know, we have a loop group. So these are voice actors that come in. And, right, and yeah. so what I do is for the wraiths, I have them whisper, but each individual wraith is actually made of many people who whisper and right. then I edit it and they make these little waves. But I noticed that when you say S, you can say S like with a very high pitch. Right. So we started doing that and, you know, you whisper and you start like this and then 
when you put it together, it gets louder and louder. And, and at the end, all you hear is all these S's. So that was something that came by doing and thinking. And that's what we ended up using. I think it could be one of the first couple of episodes. It's it's either one of episode one or episode two. And it, it really worked too, you know? So yeah. And a lot of things that are repurposed. Yeah. You hear something and then you go, oh, you know, I'm going to keep that. And then it turns into something else. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I mean, you said both seasons in at the moment, but does that get sort of easy? now you're that far into the show because you've started to build up a library of sound of course yeah i mean there are things that they do you know they transform into bats and they transform back into humans so these are established or when they fly you know once we've got there's there's certain things that they do that are established so you don't have to think about those things and which is kind of nice because then it leaves your mind open to create new things you know it's it's funny because uh on one of the episodes this season they somehow they bring back a dodo bird you know <laughs> right. the, these extinct dodo birds yeah that's a good example i think is sam johnson was on the spotting session and and it's like well this is gonna be kind of half dinosaur half chicken was the note <laughs> yeah and you know i got into the library and and uh you'll see it, it's a short little thing but i think i achieved the half dinosaur half chicken <laughs> because there is a dinosaur sound and there is a chicken sound and somehow they work together and it created this new uh, sound for an extinct bird that nobody's ever heard you know <laughs> so that worked out that's awesome yeah, yeah yeah the episode which has got the emmy nomination i believe it's season three episode six it was the escape I think is specifically the episode that got nominated. Um, yes, right. Do you know specifically why that episode was chosen for the Emmy? I mean, some episodes are more subtle, mm-hmm. but, you know, for recognition, it's usually better to put an episode that has more things in it. Yeah. So there's a lot of sound effects on this one. You know, right. there's there's like these um, creatures that are like the gargoyles that are made out of rock and move around. So that was a whole thing to create. And then there's the sire, the original vampire, who's a completely new creature that they yeah. run after so there was a lot going on there there's also they're chasing him there's a lot of activity so it's better i think to just put your best foot forward on an episode that has a lot of things going on so you 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 hope that people will like some of it you know because uh i think there's a better chance of people enjoying it and listening to it so yeah so that that's why we picked it i feel like every episode we put everything we have in, in every episode but for presentation i think that one was a pretty good one and plus you know the plot is is funny too so yeah. Uh, oh, that's the one where uh, he, the Baron was in that little car. That was hilarious too. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, sheer amount of range of sounds, I guess. Range <laughs> of sounds. Yeah, I think range of sounds is is yeah. You know, it's like you're showcasing your work. So yeah, th- that one definitely had covered a lot of. There was a lot of things in it that we thought were were worthy of presenting. So when it comes to sort of the show, I mean, you're dealing obviously with directors and the producers. Mm-hmm. Are Jermaine Clement creator of it? A long kind yeah. of with Mm-hmm. Are they involved much in the show at this point or is it sort of smooth sailing? So. Uh, yeah, Taika wasn't involved on this show. I worked on Our Flag Means Death. So he he was more on that one because he right, was acting yes. in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jermaine was on the show. I would have to check, but the first two seasons... Right. Yeah, I think. And he was very involved mm-hmm. and it was fantastic because he knows exactly how it's supposed to sound like. And it's because of him that we have this universe of reality TV. 
You know, I mean, it, yeah. it's a documentary and there were all these rules that we followed. And uh, actually, you know, for instance, in this world, we were pretending to be a documentary crew following the vampires. And so the, the people we know, they're allowed to wear uh, radio mics because, you know, they have time in the morning to be set with the radio mics. But sometimes yeah. the vampires go out in the world and they meet people. And if you meet somebody... Even though on the set, they're wearing a radio mic to be able to hear it. But in this world, they're not supposed to because we just met them. Yes. And it's supposed to be a distant boom. So the challenge on a lot of it at the beginning was to be faithful to this world where we're following our vampires who we're all wearing radio mics and we meet these people and we have to treat the people as if they're kind of distant and poorly mic'd from the boom. And we're trying to hear what they're saying and all that. So. And, and Jermaine could hear every detail. So we, that was really good guidance for everybody. And also sound effects wise, you know, it's supposed to be a real world. I mean, we're following these mm -hmm. guys who are vampires. So you can't just have enormous sound effects and monster voices. Everything has to be almost plausible, even though, you know, they're vampires. So that was really interesting. And we kept that aesthetic of, you know, we, we're, as sound editors, we're always tempted to clean things up to make everything perfect. But when Jermaine was leading us, it was always, we're here. This is a real reality TV show. So it's got to have a few rough edges. Yeah. And what I ended up doing is um, I have a, a lavalier mic and then I just recorded. I just bumped it around and kicked it around. And, <laughs> you know, and that was our, anytime you see someone hugging, you know, yeah. we, we throw that in because in reality, they'd be wearing a radio mic and it would, it would, yeah. it would crunch. And then there was a scene um, also in the beginning where, where someone uh, was out there and there was a lot of wind. And I, same thing, got a microphone and just blew on it, uh, you know, and, and made all this wind noise, which is usually the stuff we take out. Yeah. You can't find it in a library, a sound library, because everybody takes out that, you know, so we yeah, had yeah. to create our own laugh bumps and boom wind. And also the person who holds the boom sometimes they when you turn it too fast it makes a noise but it's a very specific noise so i asked the people in foley yeah if you have a boom just like kick it around because we're gonna definitely gonna use this one and <laughs> and we throw it you know whenever it's needed to make it sound like it's real and it's not perfect so and that was all coming from jermaine who really had a very clear vision of uh so once we're launched we know what to do and then we just keep on doing that so yeah but that's yeah. what makes makes the show different than any other really Really, this feeling of you're you're just kind of almost intruding on people's lives, and then they talk to the camera and all that. So yeah, it's a wonderful concept for a show, and oh yeah, um, oh yeah, so unique and different and fun and funny. Uh, it's oh, really and the wild. writing is. I mean, I, who knows how they come up with this stuff? I mean, it's just like you know. I mean, for us, it, it you know, at the beginning there was one episode where the Baron comes out and eats the sound guy. <laughs> so that was really <laughs> funny. <laughs> Yeah, it's a really, really wonderful fun show. I mean, presumably your work on What We Do in the Shadows sort of was what led to you working on our flag, I mean, death as well. I, I, I think so. Yeah, I, I think they were happy with it. And then uh, our name might have come up. And uh, yeah, so we worked on, on that one for this season. Yeah, that unfortunately hasn't aired here at all yet, which is really frustrating. So I, I still oh. haven't managed to see that yet. But um, I mean, that must have been great from working on a sort of pirate series. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that one is fantastic too you know so i got really lucky uh work on both these shows particularly with somebody like taika involved with it i mean it oh yeah and, and you know he plays uh blackbeard right yes so looking forward to that landing over here at some point i mean just looking back 
through your catalogue of stuff, you have worked on some really interesting things. You do. You were dialogue editor on Prison Break, which was a great show. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, yeah, that was tough. You know, I mean, that was uh, you know to make it sound right. That was not always easy. And half of the time, they were shortlisting themselves, so no, no radio mics on on a lot of scenes. So you know, it, it's uh, yeah, that was a challenging one. Yeah, but it turned out really well. You were sound editor on Chuck, which was a series I loved as well. Oh, really? Yeah, that was a fun one too. That's right. Yeah, I think I did all from the first one to the last. Yeah. Yeah, I remember because we did ADR towards the end and, and it's like living with, especially for the actors, you know, they spend so much time with each other. So that, that was... And yeah, it was really funny. And uh, yeah, that, that was a fun show too. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I noticed you did some episodes of Fringe, which was another great show. That's right. Yeah, that Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah. This was more, yeah, I helped out on, on a few episodes. That's true, yeah. And you did a few episodes of Limitless. I was gutted when they cancelled that. And you were dialogue editor on that. And that's the best job, I think, to have on that show because the dialogue on that show was wonderful. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, at Warner Brothers, it, it, there's a lot of editors and, and we're all part of the team and we're all help each other out so i was mainly working on um on chuck and um prison break and then whenever they need you know we help each other and so yeah i was lucky to cut a few episodes of of uh, limitless which was a great show also and then um even uh, the walking dead for a while yes, yeah, I, yes. I had the very very first season yeah Oh, right. Yes. The Frank Darabon season. I'm a huge fan of The Walking Dead, which, of course, is coming to an end relatively imminently. But um, oh, yeah. Well, that that was sound editing wise. You know, when you're a dialogue editor, that's a tough one because it's a world that where everything is dead. So, yeah, no birds, no crickets, no cars, a lot of cleanup because you really have to feel this post catastrophe world. And it's a lot of work to present it to the stage and as clean as you can, because it doesn't take much to take you out of the illusion. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm, you can imagine. Imagine if there's the wrong sound in, in that show, uh, you know, suddenly, you know, people jump off their seats. So, yeah, that was a that was a pretty challenging um, show also. Yes, I can imagine. You, that's the thing with The Walking Dead. You don't think about the amount of stuff that they must have to take out compared to... Of course. You oh, know, because yeah. you can't have the odd bird noise or, you know... Of course. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've also can't have it sound like it's completely dead. So you've got to put some, yeah. That, oh, yeah, that. always. Yeah. And then here and then, you know, you, you recreate an entire uh, new world all around, you know, uh, it, it's, yeah. You also did a few episodes of Deep Space Nine, which was of that sort of generation of Trek, I think was probably the best out of the next generation set of oh, really? stuff. I mean, I always felt like, you know, I, I, I was on the heels of um, the next generation and I was kind of the new guy. And then they, they put me on uh, Deep Space Nine, but it turned out that uh, it, it had quite the the cult following. In in the, I, I worked on the first season, I think. Right. And yeah. It had quite a cult following. I mean, that must be a, a fun toy box to play around in. I guess a lot of the sound is sort of established at that point, but you'd still having to find new things because it's a space station rather than being a ship. And oh yeah, that. and and you know, I, I was a dialogue editor on that, so everyone has a, a, its own role. So you know, and it's all shot on a set, so that's another challenge challenging thing to work on because it's all a wood set and back then we didn't have pro tools so right. it was done on tape yeah. and uh oh, wow. not not the easiest thing yeah to clean up all these um because the, the sets can sound very hollow and then there's a lot of 
crackles and pops. And uh, so a lot of old school uh, editing on that. And then, you know, obviously the, the sound effects editor, you know, created the whole world. But, you know, it's it's kind of the same idea. You have to present it in as clean of a form as you can. Yeah, I'm old enough to remember editing on tape. So. Uh, OK, yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah so, I, I, that, that kind of shows uh, that I go way back. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, it's experience. Definitely. Well, yeah, there you go. Experience. That's, that's what we call it. Absolutely. Well, I mean, what we do in the shadows is well deserved of picking up an Emmy for it. Sound, I oh, think, thank you. Point. Yeah, that's so, our, actually our third nomination yes. for this show. So we're excited. Yes. I think you got beaten out by The Mandalorian, was it, last year Actually, or the year yeah. before? <laughs> you know, deservedly so. That's an amazing... Uh, and, and, you know, it, it, a lot of shows sound really good. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's always a toss up because there's a lot of people that would do a phenomenal job. And, you know, and I always joke that we sh- they should have an Emmy for keeping up with the schedule because that alone sometimes <laughs> is, is quite an achievement, yeah. you know, because yeah. you got five days and OK, it's got to sound perfect. And uh, a lot of people put a lot of work and, and long hours to uh, to make it sound, uh, you know, worthy of an Emmy. No, absolutely. I mean, some of the schedules on TV are absolute insane, particularly oh, absolutely. on the sound side and the music side, because they're generally the last things that go in. So, you know. Yeah. And then, you know, now, because especially on what we do in the shadows and, and to a certain extent, yeah, I think our flag means death, the VFX. Everybody's at full capacity and, and we get VFX as uh the day of the mix wow. so you know you got to come up with things pretty quickly yeah so it's fascinating and just so much goes into it so good luck with the emmy because i really oh, think thank you, you deserve it this time around oh thank you so much last couple of questions for you yeah well you're still working on what we do in the mm-hmm. uh, shadows right now have you got anything else lined up that you want to mention or are you yeah we're we're on a completely different note i'm working on the l word which oh, is a, yes. a, a yeah very uh, different obviously and then uh, that would take me to december and then we would start again on um, what we do in the shadows and then you know things happen sometimes in between but uh, yeah no i'm i'm been pretty busy yeah, uh, last definitely. year was very busy, but now now it's it's nice. It, it schedule is a little more steady, but yeah, there's there's a lot of things out there. Yeah, there is so much TV floating around right yeah. now. I mean, having come through the pandemic and like everything ramped back up, and now it's just insane amount of stuff. Oh, oh absolutely, yeah, yeah. Couple of last questions for you, which sure. are always the same for everybody. First one is, what TV shows are you watching at the moment? Oh well, it's very different. My wife and I, we love these um, Danish and uh, Swedish dramas. So yes. I forgot the name of them, but uh, which is completely different. So I forgot the name of it. Borgen, I think it was called. Yeah, it was Borgen. really good. Yeah, that was yeah. amazing. I remember that was a few years ago. The one where the Russians invade Norway. Uh, oh, um, I forgot the name of it, but it's it was so good. Yeah, uh, we like more dialogue focused. Uh, and you know, I, I, luckily, I I forget movies very easily, so I can rewatch movies like it's the first time. So we've been going back into uh, a lot of movies that we've already seen. I kind of like that aesthetic of sound too, where you hear fewer things, but they all matter. Because, you know, now things are a lot busier. And kind of that European sensibility, you know, where where you, you maybe you you hear maybe fewer things, but uh, it, it's all part of the story. So yeah, we we watched a lot of that. Yeah, and if you had the opportunity to work on any show, it can be something historical from the past, something present day, or some sort of future genre you've maybe not worked in yet. Which show would it be? And it can't be one you've already worked on. Oh, I, I mean, I guess it. I mean, the, the, the show that I'm working on is it, great because there's a lot of humor and would laugh 
laughing all day. So definitely, you know, more of those anytime. But I, I also like, to me, a, a good story and good writing, anything that is well written and, and uh, has a good story and, and good actors to me is, is, is always a, a joy to work on, you know, and, and yeah. you, you get into more subtle things, but I really enjoyed work on The Affair, for instance, you know, um, Sarah Trim, she's a, just an extremely talented person. So, you know, I like that, that kind of content also. Yeah, something a little bit more subtle, maybe. Than this sort of- <laughs> you know, I wouldn't pick because I really, what I'm doing now, I, it, the humor of it is so much fun. Yeah. I, 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 a little of both, actually. And I've been lucky that I've, I've done that. So, uh, yeah, I, I, it's not like I'm looking for, there's like some elusive thing that I've, I haven't worked on. I, I must say, I'm pretty um, happy with what I've been doing. So more <laughs> of the same, it would be the answer to that. Yeah, awesome. Really good luck with the Emmy this year. Uh, the Emmys are, what, September, aren't they? I think they're, they're doing the creative Yeah, Emmys, Yeah, so. I think it's going to be in person this year. So. So, uh, yes. you know, uh, I already look forward to you. And uh, I will write a speech in advance this time because last time I didn't <laughs> and I was terrified the whole time. Uh, so this time I will prepare something. Yes, be prepared just in case. Yes, yes definitely. Yeah. It's been lovely chatting with you. All right. Thank you so and much. Hopefully we'll get talk to you again at some point in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. Be a real pleasure. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.